coming up on Art Palace. So I grew up with grapes everywhere. I mean, miles, square miles of grapes. In the fall, the air literally smells like grapes. It's a magical time. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Greg Torres, horticulturist from the Civic Garden Center of Greater Cincinnati. Right at the top of the show, I want to mention that the museum is currently closed in order to help prevent the spread of the novel coronavirus. Please check our website or social media sites for up-to-date information about when we will reopen. My name is Greg Torres. I'm the horticulturist at the Civic Garden Center. Okay. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Here <laughs> we are. Right. What do right. you do? What do you do? So what I do, um, so I fancy myself more as a naturalist. Uh, I worked for about 10 years in the Parks Department in South Florida as a naturalist and interpretive guide um, in the swamps and the wildlands down there. Uh, once I came here, I kind of got more focused on plants. I worked at a number of pretty big plant institutions in the city. And then uh, I got this position here where I'm charged with the botanic garden that we have on site. And that's everything from, I mean, everything that goes into managing a botanic garden. Uh, I work with a lot of volunteers. I do a lot of the uh, education uh, at the Civic Garden Center as far as uh, around plant topics or even ecological topics. Uh, Outside of that, well, still within my job, I... uh, we have a big project called Tree Forestation, and that is fantastic. It's a great prog- program where uh, we teach uh, kids how to grow trees from seeds. Okay. Oftentimes, there's a site nearby that we're removing the invasive species while the trees are growing, and by the fall, we plant in those trees. So uh, it's restoring the habitat. It's getting volunteer engagement from the community. It's teaching kids about wildlands and trees, and I mean, the whole it runs a whole gamut of programming. It's a great program. Currently, we have a 10-acre site we're working at at Walnut Hills High School, right oh, next cool. to it. Um, we also are working with uh, San Diego Xavier High School, and I got my eye on Parker's Woods Montessori. I want to work with some of those kids over there. Hear that, Parker Woods? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's out there. Um, so outside of the Garden Center, though, also president of uh, Northside Green Space, and oh, okay. so the forests in Northside, whether it's Buttercup Valley or Parker's Woods or Badgley Run, uh, that organization is dedicated to upkeeping, maintaining, and educating the neighborhood about uh, the forest that they have right there in their backyards. So, How long has the Civic Garden Center been around? Oh, my gosh. So uh, our inception was as a institution that taught uh, community members, citizens, how to garden victory gardens. So back to World War II times. So we're, I think we're in our 77th year okay. uh, in the city. And so our mission statement is building community through gardening, education, and environmental stewardship. And so those three components really feed off of one another when you really get down to it. And it's vitally important for the city to have an institution like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's several components to our organization, one of which is 
very strong. Oh, they're all very strong, but we have a community gardens program. And that's kind of where, again, our inception took hold, um, teaching people how to grow things in their own communities or their own backyards. Uh, we support like over 60 community gardens in the city. So oh, wow. if you live in the city, in one of these neighborhoods, chances are there's a community garden around you that you could probably walk to and get involved with. Uh, we act as a resource for those uh, gardens as far as tools, education, seeds. But uh, once you get in that network, there's a lot of benefits that come out of that. Uh, we have a youth educator who uh, goes out to some of the schools and teaches kids how to grow plants as well. We've got a Platinum LEED certified building on site. Uh, it used to be an old gas station, but it's called the Green Learning Station. Cool. Uh, Kylie Johnson is our coordinator for that, and she has some great programming around sustainability, uh, green infrastructure. She's got a real great program around uh, green girls in STEM. And they, they just do some fantastic work out of that, that building. Um, we've got a volunteer coordinator who's essential to our running because there's only seven of us that work from this yeah. organization. But we have a volunteer corps of over 300 people. Wow. And we rack up thousands of hours of volunteer service. And That's very impressive. It's, it's constantly growing. So it's, yeah. it's a great program. Um, yeah. And then me, I teach about the plants and <laughs> I teach about, uh, you know, how to grow them. Uh, I usually field questions from the community yeah. anytime they have questions about plants uh and again i've got this botanic garden which is just a, a pleasure to be in every day yeah my i think i first heard about the civic garden center when i was in college because when i don't know if they still do this but when i was in at the art academy they would have this like annual garden art show yeah do yep. they still do it it's like i think it's become biannual or bi uh, something okay. like that yeah so i've been working maybe there it might have been then too i i could be remembering this wrong as well yeah so, and i think yeah. it was a little more robust than it has been recently uh, okay. um, last year they did it and uh, it, it was interesting uh, to have some <laughs> yeah. of these art displays in, in the garden. Yeah. Uh, the first year I was there, it didn't happen. And I don't know if it's going to happen this year or not. But mm. it, it, it is something that occurs and it's yeah. periodic. In yeah. Nature. I mean, yeah. it was definitely like there were some super weird things that would come out of it, which was always funny to see because like, <laughs> I mean, if you know the sort of nature of Art Academy students, it makes a lot of sense. But sort yeah. of like, you're going to make work for a garden. I mean, I know I what I made was absolutely insane. I made a series of <laughs> flying, like, I don't even know why I did this. So they were like m mustaches okay. that were made out of ceramic. So no. they were ceramic mustaches on metal rods that were like, fl like free floating mustaches <laughs> that were like actual size. Yeah. And then they were, <laughs> they were arranged in like a V formation like in the ground, like flying, like oh weird, like geese or something. Yeah, like geese. I remember actually probably my favorite piece I remember from that year was another student uh named Annette, if you're listening. Um <laughs> she <laughs> there was like a big pile of like mulch on the grounds, and she just made these like cut out eyeballs yeah. that they just stuck it's into the mulch. It's actually brilliant. <laughs> it yeah. was so it's good. It's brilliant. Some people <laughs> overthink things. That's so you just saw smart. this yeah. like big pile and then it had eyes and I was like, I love it. It, it was like, it was like how like in, in a Mario game, like everything has eyes, big like eyes, everything right? is like personified, like the clouds, <laughs> the bushes, like everything has little eyeballs. And so they were very like cartoony eyes. And I was like, this is so good. Yeah. It was delightful. This last year, somebody had made a bunch of ceramic or I don't know, plaster of Paris, uh, ears okay just like w individual ears right and then scattered them throughout the gardens and i mean there was <laughs> 
tons of them everywhere. And like a pile of them over here, one over there. I mean, everywhere. And they kind of blend in with the leaf litter and stuff because right. they're cream colored or right, right, right. whatever they're colors they may be. Fleshy. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, they came and removed all the art. But in the fall, I'm raking up leaves and this heavy ear was just exposed and I'm like, what? The, they left all these ears in the gardens. Like it's blue velvet. Weird. <laughs> have you ever seen blue velvet? No, I have no idea. Okay. It's a David Lynch movie, and it begins with somebody finding like an ear. Yeah. Like weird. in a field, I think, or in someone's yard or something. And then it's like this whole like mystery about like, why is there an ear yeah, here? Yeah. Like, why? So anyway, that all tracks, though, for the typical work of an, of an art student, I feel yeah. like, when given this sort of prompt. But it's interesting you say that that uh, that was your first experience. A lot of people yeah. call the Civic Garden Center like a hidden gem mm. because it's right there on Reading Road near all the hospitals yeah. and the university and that. And it, it is. It's like a block of big trees. I mean, that were planted decades ago. So we've got a canopy of trees. We've got bulbs galore. I mean, right now we've got probably 20 different plants in bloom on the grounds this time of year right now. Yeah. So it's an incredible location. Uh, visiting it every couple of weeks, really, you see new things coming up. The whole dynamic changes with the, the seasonal change or just the flowering and bloom time. The insects that are there, the butterflies. The We've got a pair of Cooper's hawks right now just terrorizing all the squirrels and rabbits on the ground come watch the show it is incredible it's incredible yeah um and so it's it's a really it's kind of a nice respite again for the hospital hmm. workers there they they regularly come in to walk the grounds and just get a, a break um yeah. it's all green and flowers so it's it's unique i think in this city to have a whole block in an urban core that's that's quite refreshing and green yeah. and, and if people do want to just walk around how, how do they do that yeah so the hawk Botanic Garden is the whole block there. Um, and we actually split the property between the Civic Garden Center and the Parks Department. Okay. And the, the gardens themselves are open. The gates are open and you can walk in any time of the day, really. And, yeah. and it's free. So if you want to just come look at the, the plants, it's there. Mm. Uh, our facility, though, has got regular work hours. Right. And uh, you can do some rentals out of it. We've got a big auditorium. We have a lot oh, of okay. presentations and classes, clubs, garden groups. We've got like the Bonsai Society that meets there the Orchid Society that meets there. Um, it's a great place for weddings and receptions, birthday parties, all that kind of stuff too. But yeah, uh, yeah. but the gardens themselves are open anytime. Um, definitely want to tell people, go on the roof of GLS. We've got a green roof up there. We'll mm -hmm. be growing vegetables later in the year on that roof, which is, again, modeling what you could do in a city with plants. Is there anything else we should know about the Civic Garden Center? Anything else I, I haven't asked you about? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to boast because it's my chance. Um, yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a fantastic staff. Um, there's only seven of us, but we all work really hard in our own little areas to, to really improve the city and yeah. bring people closer to a connection with the earth. And I, I mean that big picture, but literally you come away sometimes with dirt on your hands and you're growing plants. You're building community with your neighbors. For example, if there's a community garden, um, it's not just one plot and just you in it. You have neighbors that you don't even know that might also be gardening in that same space. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to bring people together. 
Um, it, again, with the habitat restoration, for example, we had the last two outings, volunteer outings, we had over 60 people at each one. And so, and they're coming from high schools. Some of these are elementary kids. Some of them are older folks just wanting to see what we're doing, even though they, they just can get in the trail a little ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does. We build community through those components, the education, gardening, and environmental stewardship. It's really something strong and something I'm quite proud of, honestly, with that organization. As you mentioned earlier, you couldn't imagine I'm working anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way. I can't really imagine bringing the full bear of my talents onto in, in knowledge to an organization and, and really having the great impact that we have in this community. So yeah. it's a great place. Yeah. You said earlier when we were kind of walking around the galleries that you like to make art uh, yourself. What do you, what kind of work do you oh make? Oh my gosh. Um, so... <laughs> Sorry, I got two kind of like styles, I guess. I've got a really abstract style, which I don't share that often. I'm a little bashful of it, though the people who have seen it really enjoy it. Um, The other aspect, which I do share, is um, I I draw pictures of plants and of of landscapes and places that kind of strike me as beautiful. Um, I've especially focused the last couple of years on the grounds, the Civic Garden Center grounds. We have stunning plants and... I am real particular to showing off our native plants. Um, oftentimes, what's well, really the history of America, right? We took European culture and brought it to America and discounted most of the things that were natural and native here yeah. and supplanted it with a European or even Asian, in some cases, style of gardening. Mm. And so we've really not cultivated our native plants. A lot of people aren't even aware of some of our native yeah. wildflowers that occur just in the woods around here, but they are stunning. I mean, absolutely beautiful specimens that need to be shown off. And Mm. if the other thing about America is that every person, generally speaking, has come from some other part of the world. And so there is no cultural connection to the earth here. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, People came here and brought their own ideas. And it's a great thing about America. But the detriment is that um, you don't have those cultural ties to the earth itself here, to the plants and the animal community that occur here. So again, uh, we plant up our yards with a lot of Asian or European species of plants and discount the native things that are growing there, maybe even call them weeds, you yeah. know? But those plants that are native here feed our native creatures. They're designed to be the food sources for our native insects, for our native birds. So we're discounting the entire ecosystem as long as we keep planting these non-native plants. We really need to look at what we have, find value in it, and then appreciate it by by making our yards full of these plants, really rebuilding the habitat that we've taken, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really push native plants and the whole ecological perspective of horticulture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you were talking about just sort of you know, that that's sort of the source of your drawings, too. It was just making me think about how I love seeing sort of old, uh, like, illustrations, like yeah. old botany. You know, it's just like those things, like, where sort of drawing and science were sort of much more linked in the past, like yeah. in a sort of pre-photography era. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love seeing those kind of nature illustrations. And yeah. it's always, I don't know. The botanical like, sketches. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so, it's just so, they're so wonderful. Um I don't know. There's something about like the fact that they were maybe not designed to be seen maybe as art. Yeah. Is like sort of what actually makes them so sort of fun to look at. Almost more genuine in a sense. Like, yeah, yeah. they're like, pure. Like it just has a sort of other function, but then like the, the, the sort of beauty of them is comes out and just sort of like, you can't help it, you know, it's yeah. like, well, there it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's something nice about that too. 
same with like, you know, Audubon and exactly all right. sort of uh, illustrations as well. Great naturalist. I mean, yeah. he worked here for a while yeah. in Cincinnati as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought we could go out into the galleries. I have a few things I'd like to look at with you. If uh, you don't have anything else to add, we can head on out. Yeah, let's let's go check out uh, what you're going to surprise me with. I know, I, I yeah. haven't told you yet, so yeah, it'll, it'll it. be a surprise. <laughs> Six, pretty sure, and uh, it's so it's the space we call the Fountain Room. And I wanted to mention that we are recording while the museum is open, so you'll probably hear some chatter from uh, other museum visitors while we're talking. We're looking at these four uh, kind of, I guess, murals. Uh, I would call them. And hey, the label does too, so I'm not off on calling them murals. Um, I just feel like sometimes I think of a mural as being painted. Don't I? Don't know. Yeah, I mean, but they're murals. Yeah, they're murals. They're on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> they were meant to be installed in a wall. <laughs> um, so uh, they are from the Rookwood Pottery Company, um, and they are the Four Seasons. And I thought this would be appropriate to choose because uh, we're this will be coming out kind of around the beginning of spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with flowers and the garden, I thought this was an appropriate piece. Um so uh, when you looked at it right away, did you kind of interpret which panel equaled which season? Yeah, it's kind of intuitive to me. Daffodils, for example, in this one are clearly spring. They're blooming right now. Okay. Um, I, even there's a pinkish hue to the tree in the back. I'm assuming that's probably going to be some kind of cherry, oh, which yeah. would also be blooming concurrently with the daffodils. Yeah. Um, and not to mention the zodiac symbols here to right. kind of indicate the season. That's like the fail safe. If yeah. you know. Of course, that also p- presumes you know much about the, the zodiac. Because <laughs> honestly, right. I look at them and I go like, if it's not my own symbol, I will be like, uh, Capricorn is when? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Leo, I think it's a song. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is clearly spring. Um, the daffodils, as I said, uh, they're blooming right now at our garden center, uh, at the gardens that I care for. Uh, one of our founding uh, directors was named Peggy E. McNeil, and she was also the founder of the, or one of the founders of the Cincinnati Daffodil Society. Okay. So as a result, we have a lot of different daffodils blooming, mostly through the spring, and the earliest of them have been coming up like in the last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's funny that you thought it was like really obvious because I actually always have to stop and think about it. <laughs> but I think that shows our, our areas of expertise, of expertise because yeah. I don't know anything about flowers. So I'm like, in fact, I think sometimes in my mind, the colors of this one feel so warm yeah. like with the the yellow of the daffodil. And it's, it's just a little more yellowy. And I associate that with heat. Yeah. And so to me, I always think, is this the summer one? Because I'm not thinking about about the specifics of the flowers, but I think the cherry blossoms make a lot of sense. Yeah. Too. Cause yeah. now that you say that, I'm like, I, I kind of, at least I know that much. Like <laughs> cherry blossoms bloom in the spring. In the I, know spring right, yeah, right. I know that. Uh, so that, that actually is a, a good way for me to probably remember this a little bit better. It's also interesting in the background they have in each one of the panels, it seems to be some kind of evergreen and I, I don't know what kind, maybe a juniper or something like that yeah, or yeah, an arbor, yeah. arborvitae. But uh, those don't change throughout the panels. They're green throughout the all the four seasons, which right, is yeah. how they are in, in nature right. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's go to the next one yeah. here. So uh, what what about this one screams summer to you? It's poppies. Uh, those are poppies, mm-hmm. clearly, and they're yeah. a summertime bloomer. Um, again, the zodiac with Leo there yeah. is a summertime 
zodiac symbol. But mostly the poppies. I mean, everybody, a lot of, especially like I was saying earlier, the Europeans cultivate a lot of poppies. Right. And so this would have been very familiar to, I guess, elite Americans at that time uh, that this was created. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like, I don't know enough about like what's happening on some of these like In vases. The yeah. yeah. I kind of wondered that about too. that too. This one especially has like a full sort of scene happening yeah. that mm-hmm. it feels very classically inspired, you know, something like you would see on a Greek urn or yeah. something. What um, are they doing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It might, it might just be sort of, you know, made up sort of like <laughs> fake Greek stuff, you know, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I mean, this was made way later. So it's like, you know, Cincinnati, yeah. uh, Cincinnati Potter, you know, just trying to show something that feels very classical. Yeah. And I didn't, did I say what year this was from? It's 1907. It's a little earlier than I was imagining, actually. Um, I don't know what that really necessarily means, though, but <laughs> no, <laughs> as it's, far as it, what this is. But. It puts it in a context to yeah, some degree. Yeah. 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 So uh, then the next one. This one to me stuck out immediately as fall. Um, the grapes being there like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Western New York, and actually mm-hmm. Welch's the oh, okay. company yeah, yeah, yeah. originated in my hometown called Westfield, and so I grew up with grapes oh, everywhere. Okay. I mean, miles, square miles of grapes. Yeah. In the fall, the air literally smells like grapes. Really? It's it's a magical time. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I grew up with grapes, and this always is a, a fall, like the, at least the harvest season, mm-hmm. right? the idea of harvesting in the fall. Mm. So grapes are indicative of that, and clearly this is fall. Also, again, the Zodiac Libra uh, falls into that, that same autumn time period. I'm curious, though, with the goats on this one, which kind of throw off the Zodiac. Yeah, you, you would think the... it, it feels like it's more linked to Capricorn yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, I thought about that, too. I wonder if there's another sort of significance to that that I, I'm not yeah. kind of thinking of. I think there there must be some significance to these vases. And... Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure. I mean, they are. They did take care to give them. Each one is is very unique. They're not like just the same vase. You, yeah. don't, you don't see it in the same way. I like how this one is is shaped quite differently. It's almost like a basin. You know, it's... it's yeah. um, and, and which kind of works for the grapes, you know, they're kind of like filling it. It's, it would be weird to fill like a vase with grapes, right? Well, it reminds me almost of like the, the cornucopia idea yeah. of like being able to harvest things and put it in there as like yeah. a bowl or some kind of vessel to, to yeah. display your, your produce. Yeah. One of my other things I like about this one, and I guess it's happening to a certain degree with all of them because the, the, the plants are kind of blooming up around the, yeah. the, the vases and the other ones, but the way this vine like kind of creeps up and it wraps around this basin and before it sort of like rests in there yeah it definitely is twined around it um that's what grapes do yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh if you notice too the the trees in this one have already lost their leaves right at least for the most part it might be a little spot of leaves still up there but i would think for this one you'd you expect to see more of the autumnal colors, yellow, orange, That's true. Reds. I think that's another thing that sometimes throws me about these is because I think when we do think about seasons, we have pretty like literal ideas of it. And there's some of the things that are removed. Like there's not really a lot of like changing leaves. I, I, I've heard, well, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but there isn't like a ton of snow or anything in this next one. So um, a couple of things I might be able to add to that is that, um, American early American artists, especially like I was saying earlier, the Hudson River School, mm-hmm. they um they tried to show off America's autumn forest 
yeah the the colors that we have like of the maples and the oaks and that mm-hmm. because and then they would paint those paintings and bring them back to Europe. Europe while they have some color change, it's not nearly as spectacular it's, as the yeah, American it's dramatic, landscape. Yeah. So again, if you're looking at this from a European perspe- perspective, you wouldn't really expect to see yellow reds jumping out at you. Yeah. You yeah, know, maybe the harvest would make sense, but as far as like the the bang of colors from a North American forest, right. wouldn't be apparent to a European observing this. Yeah. Though you would kind of expect by 1907, people. You would. But <laughs> like, again, yeah, like but I was saying earlier. Sort of like trying to sort of reference something older or, you That's know. what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of this is classical. Exactly. Like, in the, way style. Bit, the same way we're kind of talking about these urns and things is sort of being sort of inspired by Greece and, and yep. stuff. So that makes a lot of sense. And even like I was saying about how mostly Europeans colonized this place and or North America, that is, and brought with them their culture right. and didn't really pay attention to the native things right. around here. Right. So what about this last one here? There's not much to look at. It's wintry <laughs> ish. Yeah, you've got some kind of it looks like a bonsai, honestly. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I've always assumed it is, which I, I never necessarily understood the connection to winter there. I, I'm having trouble seeing the connection with this one. You have the pines in the back, which makes yeah. sense, but that's in all of them. And and it looks like there's a little bit of like somebody sort of like, oh, uh, here's some snow on top. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, there's a little bit it of snow. It feels kind of at, like an afterthought to me. Like, that's always been my thought about that snow. Because <laughs> it's like, you don't even notice it at first. And yeah. you kind of even wonder, like, is it snow? Like, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, it's... Well, it also kind of goes with... I mean, it's much simpler than the others, in my opinion. Less colorful, yeah. in my opinion. But it's also... That's how winter is. Yeah. It's simpler and quieter and... and you know not as I'm, colorful. Now that I'm noticing, and this is like me doing some detective work that <laughs> I'm not really qualified to do here, so, so take this <laughs> with a big old grain of salt. Um, but like, I'm lo- noticing, see the sort of like white that's on top of those pines yeah. in the background? And see how it's kind of like, it almost looks like it's puddling around. Like, it, it doesn't necessarily look like how snow would gather no, on a no. treetop. I'm going to guess, and again, I could be wrong, but uh, that there was maybe this glaze did not react the way they expected it to. That's an interesting artistic perspective that I would not have paid attention to. Yeah, yeah, because it looks to me like that glaze sort of is like melting away from the areas it was painted and is like pooling in sort of strange places. That was not the intention. It's like a light blue. It's almost mixed with the other glaze in a sense. Yeah. I just get the impression that it was supposed to be more on those raised treetops and it like fell off <laughs> oh i see what you mean <laughs> and like fell off into the surrounding blue instead of like sitting on top like me like maybe it was supposed to be like a light dusting or something mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and it maybe looks like that worked out better on this sort of bonsai here where it maybe the the shape of it sort of caught the glaze yeah, more yeah i can see what um, you mean but I am not a ceramicist or a glaze expert, so I do not know. But I do know, you know, when you heat things to 2,000 degrees, uh, sometimes they behave uh, not how you want them to. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes, you know, that's what uh, a lot of people who work with ceramics enjoy, that sort of surprise, because it's, it's never exactly what you plan. Yeah. You know, there's always sort of an unknown factor when you pull something out of a kiln, and you're like, well, is this going to look like what I thought it would? Sometimes it looks better, sometimes it looks worse, and it's kind of up to you to decide. So I have uh, another gallery. I thought we could stop in real quick, but continuing on our Rookwood theme. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you if you got the time, we can walk yeah, over I'm there. Yeah, game. Too. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Yeah.
So um, we're kind of in our main Rookwood Pottery Gallery now, uh, which is 114. And what I thought we could do is just sort of like, almost like as if we were in a garden, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just kind of walk around. And if you see something that sticks out to you that you sort of like go, oh, that's this, that's that. Um, We were walking through the galleries earlier and it was kind of fun because you were pointing out things where artists were making stuff up, which I thought was really fun to find out because I don't see it, you know? Um, So if you see something that is either both like incredibly accurate or incredibly fake, I would love to hear it and learn more because I don't really, it's just like one of those things I don't have an eye for. Sure. Um, so some of these are definitely stylized. Some of them are more Asian themed and right. you can see that. Yeah. Well, that's a good, th- good, good thing to note. So, um, uh, Mariah Longworth nickel Storer, who has a real, uh, mouthful of a name. She is the founder of Rookwood pottery mm-hmm. and she was very deeply, deeply inspired by Japanese pottery, yeah. um, to the point where she, hired Japanese potters. I've read that. Yeah. And, and paid for them to come here to Cincinnati to work um in her studio yeah. and to help decorate. So some of the uh if you notice actually here, uh the name, the decorator is mm-hmm. Kitaru Shiryamadani. So uh you can see that we have Japanese decorators and sometimes it's, you know, her sort of playing mm-hmm. up that style. And then sometimes it's like an authentically Legit. Japanese perspective. Japanese, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, so I, I like this vase in particular. Um, so we're looking at one. We, uh, we're probably going to like not keep track of these. There's so many that we're probably not going to be able to like set all of them. So I apologize if we just kind of hop around. But this one has these, it's a pretty large vase that has these like moths on it. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is you have the Japanese theme with the bamboo leaves in the background. Those are definitely bamboo mm-hmm. um, leaves. But the insects are native to North America. Right. So this is like a luna moth here, which is a stunning insect. They have a type of luna moth in Asia as well. Yeah. But this other one is painted wings. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. The underwings there. It might even be called underwings. Okay. But, uh, these are both native insects that you can find here in Ohio, which is fascinating because, uh, again, to link it back to plants, these insects, being Lepidoptera, butterflies, or moths, mm-hmm. they require very specific plants to eat. Like everybody knows about the monarch caterpillar needs milkweed. Right. Well, it's the same with a lot of our butterfly and moth species. These two moths would not be eating bamboo. So to see them on the, on the vase here with bamboo kind of puts together, it's smashing together two different ecological systems yeah. on one vase. But yeah. it's, it is neat that they're pretty well represented as far as uh, being put on a vase. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I love when moths get to like shine. Like yeah. I don't feel like, you know, like butterflies get all the attention they now, do. I feel <laughs> like. Do. So it's sort of nice when moths are so cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I, I feel bad for them. They, they're sort of like treated like the, the, ugly, uh, the ugly stepsister yeah. sometimes, you know. Uh, if you go down a little ways, we've got this beautiful one with uh, the maple leaves painted on it. And um, mm. these are... I wouldn't see that. I mean, I, now that you say it, I'm like, oh, duh, of course those are maple yeah, leaves. Maple but leaves. I would never have like thought about it. Yeah. What's interesting is in our yards, even, we have a lot of Japanese maple right. trees. But we have native maple trees as well, a number of species. But these these leaves that are painted, they're from our North American two oh, okay. species. Yeah. Uh, we go down. This looks like tulips, yeah, which will be yeah. blooming in a couple weeks here. Yeah, very beautiful. Yeah, maybe another is another tulip up there. Is that 
looks kind of like a magnolia, honestly. Oh, interesting. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, that's true. It's it's it is a little hard to see from like kind of the just the way it's positioned. I mean, that's the thing mm-hmm. about vases is being like three dimensional. They're you know we can only get to see them from limited angles yeah. when you would like to get in there and kind of like. And some are more stylized than others, yeah. so that makes yeah. a difference. Corn. I see this beautiful corn oh, tile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, corn is from. North and Central America as well, which is kind of neat. It has become very important throughout the world as far as agriculture. Right. This looks like a great blue heron, which um, we have Mm -hmm. locally. I mean, the beautiful birds. Coming from South Florida, they were in every ditch. But here it's kind of a a special thing to see them. What is this blue one with the flowers that kind of hang down? Yeah, so this is a wisteria. And um, so there's what's interesting about it is there's a Chinese wisteria that a lot of people cultivate in their yards. Mm-hmm. If you go downtown, that PNG big plaza that they have right, right, with right. the wisteria wrapping around it, oh, okay. those are all Asian wisterias. But we have a native wisteria uh, to North America. It's called uh, actually Kentucky wisteria. Oh, okay. So if you're from Kentucky, get rid of your Asian one and try to plant the Local. native one because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's just as beautiful. And it's in the pea family. It's got that typical keeled petals there. Okay. Um, so you can tell it's in the pea family. I can tell it's you in the pea family. Yeah, no, I can't tell. <laughs> I we, will nod when you say that and go, yes, of course. We have poppies here again, uh, uh, like we saw in the other panel, yeah. uh, with the open flowers like that. It's quite nice. So summertime flower there. I can't wait to say this back to like uh, uh, an audience of people and, and make them think I'm really smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Morning Glory. Oh, okay. A uh, species of morning glory. There's a number of them. Uh, Ipomia is the genus of it. Uh, but this occurs in North America, and uh, it's commonly a weed but because hmm. it seeds out a lot. Oh, okay. But I, I love the plant, and it's a great plant that just kind of twines up things and flowers beautifully. This is a gorgeous face. I've never like, – it's so funny because some of these, like, you just – I, I don't even know. I'm like, did they put this out recently or has it been here forever? Because a lot of them I don't think changed that much. But um, I in this case, I just probably have walked by it a lot, you know, yeah. and just not notice it. But it's this like really beautiful, like dusty rose color all over. And then the flowers are, you know, a similar color, but they're just a lot lighter. So they pop out. And then this green against that pink. It's just like... I don't know. It's it's some interesting color choices that surprise me. Then they work. They look really yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna ignore that one. It's pretty cool, but I don't know the flower in that. It's yeah. I wondered about that one actually. Now that you want to ignore it, now all I want to do is talk <laughs> about it because it's like it has a very sunflowery look about it. But yeah. then the way it's growing doesn't have anything to do with the sunflower. No. It kind of like dangles down like that. So I wonder. If, I that. wonder. I mean, I'm not for sure, but I mean that could be uh, just a sort of made up thing. It could be. You know, like it just could be a little bit of uh, artistic license. Yep. And this is an interesting one here, too. This is Jack in the Pulpit. Erisamia trifilum Mm. is the scientific name. But this you can find in the woods around here. Yeah. Um, It's an aeroid, which is a super bizarre plant to even grow. The whole family is really interesting to grow. Um, But, yeah, this is a native plant you can find in the woods around here. Okay. I love this one. Um, Just the color scheme on it is gorgeous yeah there's several of these yeah kind of next to each other and this uh there's one above it to a tile that uh has the same kind of glazing style Mm -hmm. um it's that i think it's the vellum glaze line um that it's just so so soft looking and and yeah it's very very pretty yeah and next we have the birch trees and you can see they're kind of growing by water, which is might be river birch, if that were the case, hmm. um, which does grow around here. 
what's interesting about birch trees, and I've seen this used by other artists, especially in paintings, because of the white bark like that, they will use it oftentimes in a dark forest to create a sense of light or yeah. something popping off in, yeah. in, in the forest. So, uh, yeah, in a lot of uh, landscape paintings, you'll see birch used to add color or a lightness to a dark background. Like right, that. right. It's really kind of neat. And then you have the same plant here, the wisteria, but it's, again, more stylized than the one we saw over there. See the clusters of flowers that hang down and yeah. the, the pinnate leaves like that? It's definitely wisteria. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 pretty good. And that's actually, I think we've we've hit most of the, I mean, there's plenty more flowers in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, we could stay here all day. Uh, the other side is more of sort of like other Cincinnati art pottery. So these this side is mostly all the rookwood. So we can just kind of keep it contained to that so I don't keep you here for hours and hours and hours. But yeah, you, you definitely saw way, way more than I would well, <laughs> if we were walking through here. It's neat. Yeah. I'd be like, flowers, pretty. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for being my guest today, Greg. Uh, this has been great. And I, I want to make one other point, I guess, uh, if I could. Yeah, sure. Uh, basically speaking, when we talk about art, um, a lot of it is a replication of nature. Mm. So it's derivative of what's already out in nature. And beyond that, even, it's not a five-sense experience to observe art. Mm. I love the arts. I think it's one Hopefully of it's not. We don't want you licking it. Right, right. <laughs> taste, taste this, right? Everybody's tasting it. We, we really encourage... We strongly discourage the touching and <laughs> yeah. tasting, especially. But the point I'm trying to make is that... Um, Nature and being out in it is a five sense experience. You do smell, you do taste, you mm-hmm. do see and hear the things. And most of our media does not do that. Yeah. It only occupies a few senses, but nothing gives you a, a full five sense whole body experience other than just being out in nature yeah. in present form. And if anybody's interested in that, I give a lot of talks and walks in the woods and uh, find me at the Civic Garden Center. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again. Thank you for this opportunity. It's great. Sure. Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Like I mentioned earlier, the museum is currently closed, but we do want to invite you to join our new Facebook group, Cam Connect, where we will be posting digital content and asking you to join in the conversation. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and we also have an Art Palace Facebook group. Our theme song is Offrande Musicale by Bacalao. And as always, please rate and review us to help others find the show. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. 